Let's give the Lord a hand, will we please? Well, I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad to be anywhere today. We, we drove up um, yesterday, on Friday, I'm in, on, a, on the board of a church in uh, Huntsville. And we were there, and then we left, and we drove up. And, and uh, yesterday got stuck in Cincinnati because I learned something. A motor will not do well when there's water in the diesel. So we, we spent the whole day yesterday in a shop waiting for a guy to change two filters, one of which they didn't have in store. They looked all over Cincinnati, couldn't find it, and had to put the old one back on again, dented. So how many will pray for us that we get home safe and sound today? But God is so faithful. I love you so much. This church are, are partners with us in, an, in a crazy adventure that God has got us involved on the other side of the world. How many believe that God chooses the most unlikely people to send them to the most unlikely place to do the most unlikely things you've ever seen in your life? And um, we are just here to report back to you as your missionaries what God is doing on the other side of the world. This year, how many know that the world has told us has been in a recession all year, has been a horrible time, and the sky is falling down, and everything is collapsing? Well, we just had our board meeting just a couple of weeks ago, and our accountant told me a, a, a figure that nearly made me fall off my chair. Our ministry, our little ministry, our little wee ministry that depends on folks like you and others that give and sacrifice, we were able last year to buy and build a complete Stella's house and buy a new building that this year we're hoping to build. In, in Moldova, you buy a shell and then you build it the way you want it. And, um, and also all the other stuff and the support issues and, and the trucks that we send over there from Scotland. Our little ministry sent $1.3 million <laughs> overseas to Moldova in a recession, which tells me something, God knows nothing about recessions. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord, that I am blessed and highly favored amongst men, that the favor of God rests on me, and wherever I go, wherever the soles of my feet touch, blessing follows behind me. How many rather believe that report? I want you to say this this morning. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, I am the blessed of the Lord. Say, I am the blessed of the Lord. Say it smiling, will you please? Look like you're happy. Don't go, I'm the blessed of the Lord. I am the blessed of the Lord. If Donald Trump called you this afternoon and says, I want you to fly to New York and come and stay in one of my high-rise penthouses for a week at my expense. We're going to give you a company credit card. You would not be able to sit in your seat. I got news for you that Donald has nothing on the Jesus. Huh? Because my Jesus is high and lifted up and no one can touch him or come near to him. And he knows you, the Bible says, and he's called you by your name. And your name is written on the palm of his hands. My God. It's time to stop this woe is me. Let me tell you something. I'm a Scotsman, if you haven't noticed already. I travel all over the world. <laughs> Jesus help me, I travel all over the world. 
But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something unequivocally today. There is no nation in the entire world that begins to compare that's in the same league or category as these United States of America. God has his hand on our country. And I don't care what politicians try to do. God is on our side. And after they're all gone, God will still be on the throne. Amen. So get your chin up and stick your chest out. Help me, Lord Jesus. And let's smile and take the world for him. Well, I love you guys. We have had an amazing year in Moldova. As I told you, Stella's three is just about finished. We're painting it right now, putting the tiles in. And um, we're believing God for the furniture. It is cheaper to buy furniture in America and ship it to Moldova than it is to buy it there. And the quality there is absolutely atrocious. So we're in, the, in that mode just now. And uh, I was in a church in the summertime last year. To let you understand, we were four Stella's houses. One, Stella's one is in Kishnau. Just on the outskirts of Kishnau, there's a little town called Yelavin. And we have three Stella's houses there. If you can imagine a, a row of houses, one in the middle is number two. If you're on the street looking this way, here's number three, which is almost finished. And this one here was a shell. And uh, a few times ago, I was in Moldova. I was in the kitchen of Stella's 2, looking over Stella's 4. We believe God for Stella's 4. And uh, a bunch of guys started looking around the place. And I was in the kitchen saying, in the name of Jesus, you will not buy this thing. This is being protected for the kingdom of God. And, and if they looked up there, I thought, my God, the man's gone out of his brain. I'm putting the blood over the thing and binding and loosing and all kind of foam flying up my mouth. Yeah. Because that was about all I could do because we had no money. All the, I mean, these houses are costing us. Well, Stella's three is 9,000 square feet. Gives you an idea. It's four stories tall. It has a warehouse on the back of it. It's cost about $550,000. Isn't that crazy? And most of it has been paid by one man in Montgomery, Alabama, who goes to the Church of Christ. He wouldn't come into this church this morning because you've got instruments in this place. Isn't that crazy? And he loves what we're doing in missions, and he and his wife have sacrificed incredibly to help us build Stellas 3. And uh, so, uh, I mean, we, we're, we're stretched doing this because it's... it's it's more than what he can give us. And so I was back in America, and Viral, the man that works for me in Moldova, called me on a Thursday, and he said, look, he says, the man who owns the house next door knows what we're doing, wants us to have the house, but he's been offered by other folk to buy the house. What will we do? I says, pray is all I can do right now. We don't have the money. Don't even ask. Don't even think about it. It can't happen. And uh, so that was on the Thursday. On the Sunday, I was in a little church up in Concord, North Carolina. And I just said, look, guys, pray with me today, will you? The house on the other side of Stella's 2 that we're believing God to have Stella's 4 in, the, the, the man just called us on Thursday, and he's asked um, if we want to buy the house. And we're just so busy doing other things right now, we can't. Just pray. And uh, so someone, uh, 90,000 euros, like $130,000, to buy. And I, and I kind of said, well, you know, just pray that God, somehow we can buy it and secure it. And I didn't know it, but in the, in the service that morning, on one side was a man and his wife was on the other side. I haven't asked them why. That's their problem. But he was over here and she was over there. And the Holy Ghost spoke to both of them 
at the same time and says, you buy that house for these girls. And he gave the money and we bought the house. Isn't that amazing? So I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that God is looking for people who are going to stand up and instead of looking at their boots all the time, is to start looking at horizons and start believing God for bigger things than you've ever done before in your life. Amen. So Stella's four is now secured. This last year, the communist government has had a harebrained idea. And that was they wanted to align themselves more with Europe. And one of the things that Europe has, doesn't have, that Moldova has, is orphanages and orphans. So they got an, an organization from Europe called CCF, sponsored by UNICEF, actually. And they came to Moldova and went to any relative of any orphan, cousin twice removed, uncle three times, anyone, anyone that knew the kid, basically, and said to them, what will you take to take this child out of the orphanage? Now, I'm going to tell you some things that I know for a fact, some of the, the bribes or the payment that was given, 15 chickens, a table for a kitchen, a window, paint for a house. And for chickens and paint, they signed the paperwork and they emptied the orphanage that you guys helped us. Remember, call Eric. Remember that day? And you guys gave. Well, they emptied and closed that orphanage down. And I nearly, I thought, my, my God, what am I going to do? So when I was in Moldova and I passed a friend with me and I said, let me show you this place that we, that we built and it, so I drove out, it was 90 kilometers from Kishnau, and the place was completely empty, all the rooms still. And I walked in, and my heart was just broken, and, and I'm looking around the place, and the director was still there, sitting in her office like she always has, and there's no one in the... And she, and she says, oh! And she told in Romanian, and Viral and Tebert, they're having a meeting right now in the, 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 the like the governor's um, offices, in Leova, a town called Leova, about what they're going to do with this building. She says, you should go there because you're the primary sponsor of this, of this building. So we jumped in the van, drove like a bunch of crazy people up to Leova, walked up the stairs into this fancy place, right in, right into the inner sanctum, and, and opened the door where they're having this, about 15 um, bureaucrats having this meeting about the building at Kapkui. And I said, my name is Philip Cameron, and I am the primary sponsor of Kapkui, and I don't think you have any right to decide what this building is going to be used for unless I give my opinions first. Well, you could have heard a pin drop in that room, I'll tell you now. They looked at me and said, what in the name of heaven has just walked in this place? So I sat down and I spoke to them and I says, listen, guys, you have created a tidal wave. I didn't know this. But I explained to them that all the stuff that they'd done with giving all these kids away, that they were going to have them come back with spades. They're going to come back worse than they were, in greater need than they were, and angry at what has happened to them. I says, your, your daughters will not be safe walking down the streets in this town because there are going to be young men that have been put on the street because you did it. I said, so I'm warning you, you better get more policemen because you're going to have to, if you don't deal with them in the orphanage, you're going to have to deal with them as young delinquents and criminals. Well, that kind of made sense to them. So they said, well, what do you suggest? I says, give it to me. 
Give me the building and we will reopen it as a Christian orphanage. And they said yes. So, in a few days, I fly to Moldova, meet with the governor, and um, the, the girls will tell you, in this meeting afterwards, the governor came up and he shook my hand, and he called me Badja. Is that right, Badja? Badja means big brother. In other words, I, that's a great term of respect. You had a, if, if a, you, a, to call someone a big Badja. And um, we are going over in the next 10 days to sign the documentation and we are opening up Kapkui Orphanage again. We're calling it Providence. Isn't that wonderful? So we need you to pray with us. This thing is off the charts. We are out of control. The heating, the heating system requires 65 tons of fuel a year to heat. And in Moldova, that's about $1,200 a ton. So just to heat the building is going to cost us sixty or $70,000 a year just to heat the place. Um, we are responsible for all staff, for all food, for everything. They are our children. How many believe that the same God that helped us get the place and helped us build the place is going to help us keep the place open? And we're going to make that the most amazing place for young folk to come to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ that the nation is ever. Let me tell you, this is crazy. But I believe that God is going to give us a plan and a pattern like he's done in Stella's house. That the government is going to come to us in years ahead and say, listen, we want you to take over every orphanage in our country and run them all like you've done at Kapkui. And then we can stop trafficking in Moldova in the name of Jesus. So if you guys hadn't pushed me over this cliff with your silly faith and your crazy giving, this is your fault. So I'm back for more money. I'm back to collect some more. You can't do this to me and let me fall off this cliff and then say, we're praying, praying for you. Oh, that, oh, avoid them. Don't, oh, dearie. We're in this thing together. Amen. So I, that's just a wee update. God is helping us. The wonderful thing that's happening now in Stella's house, when new girls come in, the original girls, the girls that we led to Jesus, are now leading the new girls to Jesus. And uh, just the other day, one of the girls, Dasha, had a Bible study, and she talked about Jesus. And, and I said, never have a Bible study without putting the gospel net, salvation net out to try and catch some fish. And every one of the new girls put their hand up and gave their hearts to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And they wrote little notes about what Jesus has done in their lives. So now our orphans, that are no longer orphans, but our orphans are now the missionaries. Isn't that amazing? So they go, they go back to the kids that they knew in the orphanage and talk about Jesus in the orphanages. I go there, and I'm some rich guy that built all these houses over there. And to an orphan, they don't understand that. But when a girl stands up and says, that was my bed, that is where I came from. And Jesus has healed my heart. And if Jesus can heal my heart, he can heal your heart as well. So I want to thank you. Ten leprous men, nine never came back. I never, ever want to be helped and, and supported by folks and never say, well, if you didn't do it, we couldn't get it done. 
And everything that I'm doing, listen to me, everything that I'm doing is in your account. The Bible says when you give to the Lord, the poor, you lend to the Lord. So you guys have been making God some loans. And I'll tell you what, he's never defaulted on a loan yet. His crediting is better than the American nation's crediting. Aren't you glad? He is not running in a deficit right now. Help me, Lord Jesus. Aren't you glad that your great-great-grandchildren will be paying for what we are spending right now? Isn't that wonderful? What a country. I love it. Yeah, sure. So we have a real treat. Come up here, Andrew. This is my son, Andrew. You may remember him from before. I adopted him when he was, when he was four years of age. I walked in an orphanage in a town called Timisoara in Romania. And he was standing in his own waist, just dying, starving to death. And the Lord said, that is your son. And he was floodlit from heaven. And I walked in and I, and I began to weep when I saw him. And I turned to my dad and I said, look at this boy. My dad said, oh, he's a bonny boy. I said, no, 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 no. I says, he's, he's my boy. He's my son. And God helped us adopt him that year. And uh, when my granddad's been dead almost 10 years now. Isn't that crazy? My dad's been gone so long. But he would say to Andrew, now I'm granddad and I can't have any favorites. But if I did have a favorite, Andrew Cameron, you would be the favorite. So basically, he's a con artist. Sit down. Everyone thinks he's Mr. Special. And he graduated last May from college with a business degree. He was going to be a lawyer. That was, that was what his education track was going. And one day, I'm driving in the car with him, and he got real quiet. And he says, Dad, can I talk to you about something? I said, sure. He says, do you think it's God's will that I be adopted in this family just to be a lawyer? He's going to help you do what you do for these kids. And he turned his course and basically he runs my life now, nags me to death, drives me crazy. <laughs> Tells me when I get up. Oh, this morning we had a really exciting time. In the you should have been in our motorhome this morning. This thing's got bunks that the girls sleep in. I got a back bed and Andrew's up front. And we didn't know, we're Alabama time, so Ohio is one hour later than, but are you one hour? Yes, you are. I think we, yeah, you, yeah I, I think you are, aren't you? Yeah, possibly. And then spring forward means it's almost jet lag, two hours. <laughs> so this morning, Constanza says, Daddy, what time is this? Well, I looked at my phone, and it says 5.30. And I says, is that 5.30 because my clock's? So we've been up since 4 o'clock. I hope you appreciate us being here. But the great thing, we have this motorhome that sleeps nine kids because in the summertime, we take, last summer we had 15 girls from the orphanage, from Stella's house, and we traveled all summer long in two vans that kept breaking down, and we said, this is not going to work anymore, and this thing sleeps nine, so I can let them sleep and run away and hide. <laughs> But the great thing is this, this afternoon, don't feel sorry for me. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to sleep, and he's driving all the way home. I drove up in the rain. He can drive home in the sunshine. I don't care anymore. It's over. Come up here, Stanza, will you please? This is Constanza Sakalova. She is one of the girls from Stella's house. Isn't she lovely? We met her. In fact, there's a doctor from Ohio called Tom, and Tom um, took us... 
we, we were going to Leova to give some orf- kids an, an orphanage. And as we're driving down this road, there's a, a blue sign that says Casa de Kopi or Fanny Kapkui, three kilometers. And he says, oh, there's, a, there's an orphanage down that road. I says, I says no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm done with orphanages because I, I thought I was finished. I, I said, I got, I got 500 Christmas gifts in this truck and I'm going to give it away and I'm going home. Because we built the youth camp in Alabama, and I thought, well, that's my, I've done my missionary thing. I've been here 50 odd times. I'm free. And so we went to Leova, gave out the orphanages, the Christmas presents, on the way back, going to the Romanian border, and then to Austria, and then home. Tom, this guy Tom. Do you anyone know who Dr. Tom is? He's, he's from here somewhere. I'll punch him in the nose the next time I see him anyway. And he, and he, so he started saying to me, it, it's up here, it's up here. I'm saying, yes, I know, but we're not going there. No, you should, you should really go there. I'm saying, no, no, we're not going there. We're going to the border before it gets dark. No, Philip, you really should. You never know. God might be telling you to do something else. And I'm thinking, ah, easy for you, pal. You're sitting next to me in this van. You'll be back in Ohio in your fancy practice, and I'll be off another cliff. <laughs> <coughs> Anyway, he nagged me until I stopped the car at this junction. And we were going this way, and it was a sharp left-hand turn back, and I did a wide turn, and we had a truck from Scotland in the back, and he turned around behind us. And the driver, Willie, I says, Willie, we can't go up this road, can we not? He says, I think we can. I says, thank you, Willie, thank you, thank you. Got in there, and... Um, into Kapkui that we now are going to take over. And there, it was uh, 12th, 13th, 14th of December. And walked in and I heard singing and I said to the director, Hello, I'm Philip Cameron. Is there a concert? And I ran past them down this hall, dark hallway into this room. And there's like 50 kids, 60 kids in this room with a one light bulb. And half were on this side of the wall and half were on this side of the wall. And this half was singing. They were, on the, they were the concert and this was the audience. And there was a guy playing an old wheezy accordion and a teacher that didn't want to be there, sleeping. And it was a lonely thing. No mom, no dad, nobody. Loneliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I sat there and the Lord spoke to me. And he says, I don't want you just to be, to bring them Christmas presents or stuff. He says, I want you to become their dad. And I sat there and I've got this in video. And she was there that night, the little girl at 13 or 12 or 13. And um, she put it this way, she smells much better today than she did then. I'll tell you what now. <laughs> she now knows what water is. Back then she didn't know what water was. And uh, she had lice and all kinds of stuff. Her mother, she'll tell you about our story. She, she didn't, no one spoke any English. And I've got a video of me saying, I am Philip. And they're all going, Philip, Philip, what is your name? I am Marina. I am Philip. Philip, Philip. We have like a bunch of little chickens. And I says, what is your name? Constanza. I am Constanza. Const- I am Philip. That was the first time she'd ever heard in- anyone speak English. And um, in those years, she's, are you an orphan? No. She's not an orphan anymore. Because um, they became our kids. And uh, we have, well, we just, they're just like family. I don't even think of them as... Uh, this, this is God's honest truth. I can't tell the difference between these kids and my own. There's a complete, there's just my life doesn't exist without them. And uh, so come on, Constanza, tell them what Jesus did for you. Um, my name is Constanza. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. 
Yes. Um, when I was four years old, my father was murdered. And my mom left me to live with my grandmother. And when I, used, when I was living with my grandmother, we didn't have enough food. Most of the time we had to eat chicken food. And my mom never came to visit me as I was in my grandmother's house. So my grandmother said that I should better be in an orphanage because that would be the best for me. And she said, your mom is dead. So I, li I lived in the orphanage and one day a woman started to call my name. And I turned around, who is she? I wonder how did she know my name? And when I looked, I looked at her, she was just, this lady standing in front of me, she was drunk, her face was bruised, she was very dirty. And she looked at me and she said, Constancia, I'm your mom. When I looked at her, I, I was so scared of her, I thought she died and was again to come to pick me up. And I started to run as far as I can, as fast as I can. But she pays some older boys to, to catch me and to bring me back. After a while, I, I left with her to live in Russian. I never went to school. I lived four years. After four years, my mother said, you have to go back to the orphanage. Now, I didn't speak anymore Romanian. I just knew Russian. Going back to the orphanage was not easy because I had lies, I was dirty, and the kids used to laugh at me in the orphanage because I was so big and I had lies. I used to stand in the middle of the room and cry because I was so ashamed. And there is nobody to help you or to encourage you. If you fall down, nobody will give you a hand and nobody will ask you if you're okay. Before that came and fixed our orphanage, our orphanage was in really, really bad conditions. We had bathrooms outside. We had to go in the winter, in the snow, in the rain, by yourself, because nobody will come with you. We had showers, five girls with cold water. We never had our own clothes. We never had Christmas gifts or presents. We never celebrate our birthdays. Living in the orphanage, you just start to look at yourself in the mirror and you, you put yourself so down because everyone in the orphanage tells you that you are nobody and you'll never be anything because you're an orphan. There is not a future for you. It doesn't exist such a thing. Everyone used to laugh at you because nobody cares about you. You go to school and you hear the other kids speaking about, other, about their family and say the, how great time they had. And you just look at them and you say, nobody will ever come to see me. Nobody will ever spend their money for me. I'm just an orphan. If I live or die anyway, nobody will know. You look at yourself in the mirror and you hate every day because you see just a stupid face that nobody cares about. Nobody needs it. Even your own mom doesn't love you. It's hard to live when you know that nobody loves you. You start to hate others because you think everyone hates you. 
one day, most of the time we had the Christmas concert because the only gift we had to give to each other is to sing songs and say poems. That was the only gift. And after that, just go to your room and cry. Why nobody will, will ever be there. We used to stand in the line just for a sticker when dad and his family came to give us Christmas presents. We were so thrilled to see a sticker on our face for our first time. Nobody was shouting our, on our concert and nobody was screaming and was happy for us. Nobody loved us like they did. Nobody loved their family at home to come to make us special. Nobody played with us game and listened to our pain and tried to understand and encourage us and lift us up and say that you can do better than this. Nobody ever told us about the love of Jesus. I never knew crying every night in my room, hating myself and blaming myself for all the things that my mom doesn't love me and nobody needs me. I never knew that beside me was Jesus, and he understood all my pain. That I live in his love, and I see his love, and he changed my life completely. But there are thousands of hearts of orphans in Moldova who doesn't know about him yet, and doesn't know what love is. They live every day in the darkness and hate themselves, and say they will not be anything. They become bad because that, that is the only thing they know. I'm so thrilled. I'm sorry. I was going I was saying that I'm so thrilled that I'm here today and I speak in your language and I'm so glad to be here that you know to let you know that your giving changed my life and make me a different person. Help me to change my future and to not be the same as others are as my mom, an alcoholic, and to not let my children to go to the same orphanage I was. I thank you all so much for giving and for letting me know about Jesus Christ. And I love my family so much, and I'm so happy you know, to change other lives. Thank you. She, um... Because she wasn't in school when she went back to Romania, didn't understand Romanian, she was illiterate. And when her time came to leave, there's nothing for a girl at the best of times. So we found the best hairdressing school in the nation. In fact, her teacher um, cut Putin's hair, and they fly him all over Europe to cut hair. So she is a 
hairdresser, thank you very much. And uh, so I, I travel with my own hairdresser. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Had never heard English, had never heard the name of Jesus, had never heard anything. Our mother, in fact, when she was in the orphanage, I, I stopped her going home to her mother's house because our mother is such a desperate alcoholic that she would have sold her to a man for a bottle of vodka. And I said, you cannot go home anymore. And she didn't have a home to go to her. She, she, some of the stories this girl has told me, running through the corn with a guy trying to kill him with an axe, lying at night all night long. In fact, a while ago, remember, there's all this, we were all in emergency stuff, and, and uh, I, says, I was talking about this a catastrophe. She says, what is this, Dad? I said, well, if all the electricity is cut off in America, that would be a catastrophe. She says, no, it would not. I've lived like this all my life. So when that happens, I am prepared. I got my own kids that'll look after me. Y'all can collapse. I'm just going to say, girls, what would you do in Moldova? Now it's time to help your dad. Come on. Come up, Natalie. After we built Kapkui, the orphanage we were about to take over, the government took us, <laughs> took me. One day they came and got me and says, we want you to come and see this other orphanage. And it was in a town called Strashane, the largest orphanage in the country, 700 kids. And I went in, and the director says, I know what you've done in Kapkui. I know you talk about Jesus. I don't care. Do whatever you want here. But please help me. And so we, we asked him what he wanted done. And uh, he needed windows, and we were in the windows. And after the windows were finished, Chris and I went back to inspect them. And Stella's one was now operating. And at the last inspection, the director says, come, I will show you something. And I'm outside. And on a park bench were 18 girls. And he went, they all must go. In their country, when a girl turns 16 in the orphanage, they give them 400 lei, about $30, and a bus ticket to whatever town they were born in. And send them away. Unprepared, never had money, naive, undereducated. And they stand in a bus depot, never, there's no point in going to the village because there's nothing in the village there. At least there's excitement in the city and they've got some money that they've never had before. And a Mercedes Benz will drive up in front of them and a guy will say, listen, I've got an uncle who's got a restaurant in Italy. And he's looking for a young woman to come and work in the restaurant. We'll give you $500 a month and a place to stay. And get in the car. And the American ambassador told me that within 24 hours, she is in Turkey, Saudi Arabia, all over Europe, beaten and raped around the clock until they comply. And then once they get them to the destination, they use them 30 times a day until they kill them. And then they dispose of the body and they get a new one in. The only way she escapes from this is if she turns one of her friends in and calls her friend and says, listen, I've got a great job here. Will you come? And the friend comes and goes into the same trafficking and they let her go back to Moldova. Aren't you blessed? What's your problems this morning? So I just, 
I can preach. How many have heard me preach before? How many know I can preach? How many believe that this is more important than just preaching? This is, this is the gospel. This is the gospel at work. The thing that thrills me and what I've learned about this whole circumstance is that this gospel changes lives. And on that park bench of 18 girls, she was sitting. And I'd built a classroom onto Stella's one. And I looked at Chrissy and I said, how many girls can we put in Stella in the classroom? And Chrissy thought, she says, three beds. So I had two girls with me from Stella's house, Luda and Marina. I says, Marina, Luda, come here. I want you to help me. And they says, yes, Dad, what do you want? I says, we've got to choose three girls that we will save. No, no, Dad, I cannot do this. Do not ask me to do this, Dad. Please do not ask me to do this. That's one of the worst days of my life. One of the three that I chose is Natalie. Tell them what Jesus has done for you, Natalie. Is it 9.20 or is it 10.20? 10. I'm not asking you. You don't know either. You're on the same boat. I bet you're up at 4 o'clock this morning saying, what time is it, honey? Is it time to go? So it's 10. What time do we need to finish here? 10.30 to 10.40. Are you enjoying this? Yeah. Well, when I was 4 years old, my mom got sick, so she couldn't take care of me, and she put me in the orphanage. I've been in the largest orphanage. We've been 700 kids. In the orphanage, I was just a number. And me and my best friend used to go at the gate every single Sunday and Saturday to wait for somebody to come to see us or just somebody that is interested in us. And for nine years, nobody came. I was wondering what, all the time why nobody came. Maybe we didn't have money for the bus, me, or maybe it was too cold, or they just didn't want to see me. I can sit here on the stage and tell you stories and stories about my life, how painful it was, and through, through many things that I want in my life that I look back now and I think that that was because God wanted to make me a stronger person, not because he wanted to let me down like other, like other people did. And the orphanage teachers used to tell us, some of the teachers, not all of them, used to tell us, you can't be anything, like Estenza told you. You will never be anything, you will never succeed. An orphan will always be an orphan. And they used, sometimes they used to make jokes and say, well, clean your room after you leave because your kids is going to be in the same room. And you, you believe them because there's no one else to tell you, no, that's not true. You can do better than that in life. You can be someone if you want to. There is a God that watches over you, and he has a plan for your life, not the teacher's. Before I came to church this morning, I was talking with some of my friends from the orphanage that they left the orphanage five years ago. And there, there was a guy, he is 22 years old. He never had a family, and he told me. I asked what, how he's doing and stuff, and he said, I am homeless. I have no one, and I don't have a job, and I don't have anything. 
and I talked to his dad about him before, and dad said, well, when Sarah's house will be opened, we'll try to make sure that that guy gets and continues his studies. And to know that there are many friends of mine that are on the streets, or maybe they are not alive anymore, just breaks my heart. That they don't know that there is a God. When I was 16 years old, I was on this, on the chair, how dad explained you. And when dad came in our orphanage, he said, I have a house for you and your friends. You can continue your studies and you can become someone alive. None of us believed him. I said, yeah, right, we heard that before. We heard that from our families and they left us. He invited us to Stella's house, and when I walked in, I couldn't believe that somebody will do such a nice house and leave everything to live for hours. We'll get happy, that gets happy all the time when he sees us smile. When he sees us opening up and when he sees us that we're getting healed. And what got me in Stella's house, the first thing that I, I saw in Stella's house wasn't the food or wasn't the nice house. It was the love that I've never had. Just seeing all the girls, the older girls sitting around dad and just saying, dad, dad, we love you. We're glad that these girls are here. And we're looking at them and we didn't understand. I didn't understand what was going on. I lived in Sarah's house for almost two years. And that's where I loved. That's where I learned about God. That's where I learned that God can heal no matter for what you went through. That God can build trust in your heart that you'd never think that you'll ever be able to trust someone. And I'm here because God loves me and because that's his plan and because people just like you care. Thank you everyone for helping us. And I'm gonna sing a song and I want to speak for all the orphans, not just from Moldova, from America and from around the world that need your help, that need your prayers. And I wanna say that I am not a singer, but I have a song. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Who's not been broken? Who here among us is without guilt or pain? So of the abandoned, 
by our transgressions. If such a thing as grace exists, then grace is made for lives like this. There are no strangers, there are no outcasts, there are no orphans of God. So many fallen, but hallelujah, there are no orphans of God. Come me unwanted and find affection. Come only weary, come and lay down your head. Come me unworthy, you are my brother. If such a thing as grace exists, then grace was made for lives like this. There are no strangers, there are no outcasts, there are no orphans of God. So many fallen, but I love you, I love you. Isn't that marvelous? So, two have come back and said to you, thank you very much. We have our books. Pass up those things if you could, Aaron, to me. Um, literally, the day, the hour we left, we...
Lord delivered to us a brand new book we just had printed entitled Stella's Sisters. Stella, this girl here in the back, was in the handicapped orphanage in Hinchester I first went to. She was handicapped, paralyzed on the right-hand side of her body. She pulled her leg behind her. And um, she, she became a friend of mine. She uh, embroidered tapestries for me. And whenever I got the orphanage, she would stand and she would say, Stella, Philippe, assistant. And she would carry boxes for me, and she was my pal. And six Christmases ago, I went to the orphanage with Christmas presents, and I asked the doctor, Ludmilla, I said, where's Stella? And she said, Morit. And I knew what that meant. It meant dead. I says, Morit? Da, da. I said, how? HIV. HIV. And Stella died of AIDS at 19, trafficked. And it hurt me so deeply that every house we build is called Stella's house. I'm going to make the devil eat that name over and over and over and over again. We're going to save more girls because of Stella than he, he, um, he, he's, he oversteps his mark every time. So there's a brand new book telling the story of Stella's house. And then you meet five of the girls, Stella's sisters. They call themselves, they're all sisters. I'm dad and they're sisters. And um, they, get, they, act, they, they play me like a, never mind. They work me in tandem teams. It's unbelievable. But you can get, these, get this book afterwards. And um, come up here. Uh, yeah, come up here. Will you help me, Natalie? I feed you. You might as well stay where you are, Lord. <laughs> this little skinny thing can eat a horse. I'm t I've never met. Let me tell you something. This girl can eat like nothing else I've ever seen in my life. And 15 minutes, 15 minutes after she's finished, if I say, who's hungry, you will say... I can eat. I can eat. We stopped at a mall to get out of the motorhome just for a little while. And we ate. Where was that? We ate at Andrews again. TGIFs. Thank God it's Friday. Fridays, isn't it? Whatever. She ate, um, she ate a mountain of food. She ate hers. She ate Andrew's. She ordered beans dipped in something. It is true. I'm telling the I'm judge. This is Sunday. And I'm telling the truth. We got out in the mall and she went and got a sherbet enough to choke a man. Is that true? I'm not going to tell lies in church. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is a, also last summer. The girls that were with us last summer, the, the, that's in there. They sang uh, of a friend who, who does some of the music for the Gaithers. He, he's on all the Gaither videos, a guy called Wesley Pritchard. And he does all the vocal arrangements for the, for the Gaither. Um, in fact, many of the singers that Udenar and this is, are the ones that do all the Gaither stuff as well. And Wesley Pritchard is, is very well known, and he loves what we do in Moldova. And we took them to his studio in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and we recorded a CD of the girl singing. I, we should, Andrew, take a note, sell handkerchiefs with the CD. Those TV preachers, it's an anointed handkerchief, special handkerchief. <laughs> you get that afterwards? 
And um, this picture is just some of the girls. And on the back is Stella's one, Stella's two, Stella's three, Stella's four is on the other side. These are the two houses side by side. That house is now finished completely. And um, what we're doing is when Stella's three is open, we're closing Stella's one and we're calling it Simon's house for boys. And that's what Natalie was talking about. She's been talking to some of the boys that are on the street saying, hold on a bit longer. i got a dad that's going to help you find Jesus. Isn't that great? So get this afterwards. And one of the things I really need to pray about today, we, we've taken on this thing in Kapkui I was telling you about. It's going to cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix the building. We're going to have to put in apartments because instead of having workers to go there and leave, we're hiring families to stay in the place so that the kids are never left. These kids are left by themselves at night. They go home, leave one drunk person, and everyone goes home, and they're left to their own devices. And we're hiring families to become house parents, to stay in the place, but we're going to build apartments inside the orphanage. It goes on and on. The heating is about $65,000 a year, and the only way I can do this is if I, if I can raise an army of people that will give on a monthly basis. How many believe that we can change the world if we all take a little bit of the burden? So we've got a card with Stella's picture on it. And what we're asking folk is to give a dollar a day, $30 a month. Can you make a space at your table by giving a dollar a day to help someone like Natalie find Jesus? I think it's worth it. So if you have a, just put your hand up right now real quick at the end. If you'd like to get one of these cards, they'll come and give you one. And those that fill this card out and give it to us will get the book and the CD as a gift from us to you for helping us with Stella's house. Oh, excuse me. Let me move your hair. I'm learning a lot about hairstyles these days. Lord Jesus, my house. Would you, me and Chrissy have got 15 girls all summer in our house. They take over the whole upstairs of my house. And we just don't go upstairs. That's a no-go area. Andrew moves out of his bedroom, comes downstairs, and sits in a room next to us. Uh, sleeps in a room next to us. And we just, we just don't go upstairs. Upstairs, if you go upstairs, your voice goes higher because it's all uh, hormones are upstairs. <laughs> don't, go up, don't go upstairs. Anyway. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> Dads are always right. I have a license. What's that, Andrew? Make sure... Andrew says, make sure you bring your card back, and when you fill it out, um, you can get the, that book and a, a video. This T-shirt that she's wearing, it says, item, one female size small, price $3,500. That's how much she's worth. And it says on the front, clothes should be bought and sold, not humans. And if you let me get one of these, they're also out there, and it's a great witnessing tool. What's that t-shirt about? Our church helps these kids. So get those afterwards. Thank you, my darling. We love you. Thank you for your time. I come here every year or whenever. It's been a couple of years since I've been here the last time and just share with you out of the abundance of my heart. And you sit there. He goes, there he goes again. He wants my money. I know what he wants. He wants my money. Well, we sure need your help because I think these kids are worth it. How many believe we can stop trafficking in Moldova together? How many believe we should stop trafficking? How many believe the church should stop trafficking Moldova? Well, that happens when we all do something about it. God bless you. I'm sorry I'm seven minutes late. Oh, they've changed the clock, Aaron. You're all right now. We're in good. The boys up there in the crow's nest have finally done it. Come on, my brother. God bless you. Listen. If you don't know Jesus, you need to.
Am I right, yeah. girls? Andrew? It'd be a good day to come to know him. He loves you as much as he loves them. And what he's done for them, he can turn around in your life. What problems have you got? Huh? He would love to start a relationship with you today. Do not let that get past you. I'm going to tell you, we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do yet. We're going to do something significant to help people keep going. How's that? Is that good? Are you with me on that? Can we bind together and do something significant to make sure there are more Costanzas who can sing about Jesus and Natalie's and can share the love and the grace of Jesus? I don't know how it's going to look like, but listen, that's what we need to be at. But James 1.27 says that pure religion looks like this. When you help orphans in their need and you keep yourself unspotted from the world, that's what it looks like to follow Christ, to truly follow Christ. And we're going to be about that. I, I'm so I just sat there and bawled today. I had to hold it together. Ah, oh, Jesus, help us be, do something significant. Ah, that stuff's got to end, Philip. It's got to end. We're going to play the role we have to play to make sure that happens. Let's pray. Jesus, here we are today. God, we are your people. Well, we want to follow you in all that we do, all that we say, all that we think. And Lord God, I pray to you as your grace and your blessing would be upon Philip, God, upon these girls, upon all the staff at all the Stella's houses and all the ministry that's going on and all that. Lord, every person, Jesus, I pray, God, they would know, Lord Jesus, you are with them, that we are with them. I pray encouragement and strength and life. Well, we pray for that Simon's house to be open quickly and that, Lord Jesus, those young men will get off the street and one day a couple of them will be standing in front front of us sharing and singing and telling us how great God is and how amazing Jesus is. Lord, I pray, Father, that God, you would meet us there. Lord, I pray for those who are here who've not yet come to know you, who do not understand the peace and the joy that these two girls have portrayed to us today. Lord, I pray that today they would come to know you, that Jesus, they'd come close to you and that, Lord Jesus, your power and your strength would be given to them. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be partnered together with ministries like this who don't just talk about ministry, but who do it. And we see the fruit and the evidence of it every time Philip's here. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for that. And God, we thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity to be a part of it. Lord, we bless you and we honor you and we thank you, Jesus, for doing that. You're great, Lord, and you're powerful. It's in the name and the awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody say... Amen. Listen, if God's placed something in your heart, man, fill out those cards, do it. We as a church are going to do something, and I'm going to have some conversations. We're going to figure out what that is, and we'll let you know what we're doing. Is that good? Is that all right with you guys? Listen, go in the power and the strength of the Lord. Let the, the name of Stella stay on your lips as you pray. Let the name of Philip Cameron and Natalie, and give them a hand clap as they go. Would you do that? Lord Jesus, we bless you. We love your name, God. Help us to be those who win, disciple, and send as we go this week, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Amen. Have a great day.